And if you're a restaurant and you want to bring in the millennials that have a lot of disposable income and that are always looking for that extra menu item, sweet potato toast and smoothie bowls made with the purple sweet potatoes is everything. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? Hey everybody, it's your favorite trend spotter here. And it's that time. And I'm sharing my eighth annual healthy food and beverage trends report. Yes, I've been doing this for eight consecutive years. And why? Because I love trends. You know, I remember when I was in my teen years, I used to pick up every fashion magazine I could get my hands on. Vogue, Elle, you name it. And it wasn't about necessarily wearing those fashions. I mean, come on, some of those things really just need to live on a runway. But it gave me a lot of inspiration. I just really enjoyed looking at what was to come. Now with my healthy food and beverage report, this report has become sort of a, uh, a baseline for the industry, for the food industry. And a lot of companies have looked to it to think about what they wanna release for their own product line. And entrepreneurs have looked at it for inspiration for new products. So I hope that it gives you a lot of fun inspiration for what you may end up shopping for in the next year. And as the number suggests, eight is great. It's really my magic number. It's eight strategies that I have in my book. You know, there's a theme here. So what does this year's food trends hold for us in the year of 2020? Um, the year of perfect vision, 2020, a new decade, a lot on the horizon. Just to give you a little peek under the tent, I'm picking the color purple and giving peas a chance. So yeah, there's a whole lot of plant love out there served up in a health conscious way. But there's also a lot of what I call the plant-based effect. You know, every category getting on board and trying to capitalize on what is really booming right now as being plant-based. I mean, it used to be where if you were a vegan, you were sort of like an outcast, you know, who, who gives up meat and dairy? Well, now... I mean, super athletes are doing it too. And that means customers and fans like you need to get savvy about what you're buying. So my advice is stay close because I'm going to help navigate you every step of the way. But question the source of soy. Understand the language of labelese, which is the language of what is on your ingredient label if you're buying packaged products. And know that because it's natural or organic, it doesn't necessarily, or gluten-free, I'll add to that, gluten-free too. It doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. You've got to ask where the health before you bite. So let's dig in. The first trend for 2020 
is Manuka honey. I call it the buzz. Now, for literally thousands of years, honey has been used in beauty products and health remedies. And the topical benefits of the nectar of the gods are vast. Legend has it that Cleopatra bathed in honey along with milk. You know, milk and honey, the secret to beauty. And as an edible, the bee-knitted sweetener is normally just relegated to that, sweetening. But all that is about to change. Manuka is the it honey because of a lot of reasons. It's harvested from a very particular place and a particular type of plant called the manuka bush, and it grows primarily in New Zealand. And while the jury is somewhat out on whether it's truly more beneficial than raw, unpasteurized honey or local honey that you might find in your neck of the woods, it is a very potent anti-inflammatory and has been praised for its numerous properties, including anti-cancerous benefits. I'm just going to say it. The influencer fan base and the luxury price tag do make Manuka honey pretty enticing. And while it may be a little bit pricey, you can use it as a little sweetener to your drinks, sparingly used as a replacement for syrup, and it is very thick. So taking it by the spoonful can even be a way that you look at it as a food-based supplement. There are some companies out there that are using Manuka honey in what I'll call wellness shots. Um, you can even look at it as a juice bar, a juice bar add-on um, if you are in the business of juice bars. A drizzle or a drop can make just the difference in that marketing buzz, no pun intended, around your product. Number two, allergen-free. It is the way to be. I mean, there are a lot of labels out there. Paleo, organic, gluten-free, dairy-free. They are on packages all over the place. Even on my own package, on my own product line of Eat Cleaner. But here's the deal. Moms who make over 70% of the food purchasing decisions, and they're all about protecting their flock, are looking for allergen-free products. Because according to the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America, children have food allergies more often than adults. And it can be very scary. The effects are potentially devastating and even deadly. I mean, if you have a true allergy to peanuts or you know, another type of food that can be deadly or put you in the hospital, you are going to be militant. I'm talking like to <laughs> to the point where you're inspecting every single ingredient and it, some people aren't even going out to eat because they're worried about allergens. Now, the trigger allergens that are the most pervasive are milk, you know, dairy in general that come from cow's milk, soy, eggs, wheat, peanuts, which are actually a legume, tree nuts, which include all of the tree nuts, fish, and shellfish. Now, certainly you can be allergic to a number of other foods, and I would encourage everybody out there, adult and child, to get an allergy test. It's really important to note because sometimes you can have an inflammatory reaction that is sort of low grade, but it still affects your health and compounded. It can you know, show up in different ways later on in life. But any product or menu that excludes these categories can easily be labeled as an allergen-free safe haven. I mean, I imagine that if you do qualify, then you should really be touting that. 
You know, some food trends that I've predicted in the past and that are still continuing that fit really neatly into this category include oat milk. I mean, oat milk is hot right now. Any cafe that you go to is showing off its oat milk products. Um, even juice bars are doing that. Grain-free pastas, here to stay for sure. Uh, plant-based proteins, and I'll talk about that in one of, uh, one of the trends in this report. Sunflower butter and seeds, you know, butter made from something other than nuts. So sunflower butter is the perfect, perfect uh, recipe for like if you can't do peanut butter or almond butter, for example. And we're also seeing butters created from flax seed and chia seed and hemp seed and Sasha Inchi seed and even watermelon seed butters. So that's a great opportunity there. Gluten-free grains, which I talk about in great detail in my book, Eat Like You Give a Fork, The Real Dish on Eating to Thrive. And that includes quinoa, sorghum, amaranth, and then veggie noodles. You know, I am seeing so many different varieties of veggie noodles popping up there because people are looking for plant-based options that don't have wheat. And so you can go to your produce department and find zucchini noodles and butternut squash noodles. And um, the latest one that I've seen, um, you know, you, I'm, boy, so many different ones. Jicama noodles. Jicama is a wonderful superfood, but it's great because you don't even need to cook it. You can just toss it with a great dressing. I have some wonderful recipes in my book that teach you how to do that. So allergen-free, the way to be. And if you are a purveyor, you have a restaurant, you have a juice bar, make sure that you tout those uh, those different products very prominently for the moms out there that are looking for it. And if you are thinking about creating a product or you have a product and you haven't branded it allergen-free, think about that too. I think you can capture a lot of eyeballs if you do that. The third trend is air fried everything. I mean, everything. Air frying is not something new. I mean, air fryers have been around forever, but they're really catching fire. I mean, imagine if you can enjoy all your favorite foods from chicken to french fries without the guilt. I mean, that's pretty liberating. So it's really caught fire on Instagram. If you hashtag air fried or air fryer, you'll see literally hundreds of thousands of posts. But my prediction for 2020 is that you're going to also start seeing it show up in food service and restaurants as people are looking for more healthy options without the grease splatter. I mean, as a chef, you know, somebody that has worked in many restaurants, I know that would be a pretty positive thing too, um, but still to get that crunch effect. And I'm thinking that we could see better for you donuts, chicken tenders, and all kinds of, you know, finger food and, and foods that kids love that are done in an air fryer. Now, along with air fried everything, I'm predicting that we're going to see some pretty creative side dish options too that elevate the whole plant-based trend like sweet potatoes and purple sweet potatoes are on my trend report. I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes, but they are gorgeous and they would make beautiful fries. Taro root, green beans, parsnips, chickpeas. Oh my gosh. Air fried chickpeas are the bomb.com. 
apple slices, pear slices, the list goes on. So I'm thinking that we can really enjoy all the benefits of these plant-based foods, but with a little bit more texture and everybody loves a good crunch. Number four is give peas a chance. Now, the legend has it, or the fairy tale, is that one of these tiny greens got under the princess's skin. But peas are no longer the lowly subjects of the plate. They're not what is getting fed to the dog under the table because they are full of phytonutrients, an amazing source of plant-based protein, and omega-3s. So this non-starchy veggie is really taking over the plant-based world in a lot of forms. I mean, the prevalence of peas as a plant-based protein will continue to show up in plant-based meats, meat alternatives like Beyond Foods. Um, that is the key ingredient in, um, in their recipe. You'll see it in plant-based protein drinks. Uh, powder proteins that you just add water or add, um, you know, your favorite milk to it and a lot of other things. And what's nice about pea protein is that it's generally non-GMO and non-soy, which makes it an allergen-free option. You see how these trends are all weaving together? It is a great allergen-free option too. So if you've got a product coming up or you want to you know, think about what you can do to bring that allergen-free audience to the table, this is definitely something to consider. And the numbers are there to back it up. I mean, global pea protein sales were estimated at about 73 million in 2016, and they're forecasted to quadruple by 2025. And so, you know, you can just imagine that these are gonna show up in all kinds of different things. I'm seeing them already in drinks and plant-based burgers and meat options, but I'm also predicting that they're gonna show up in other things like gravy, and sauces and soups, um, and in items like waffles and pancakes. You know, there's a whole crop of protein-rich baked goods, especially for the audience out there that are um, sculpting their muscles, so to speak. And people that are just looking for better options that, you know, want to enjoy a good waffle or pancake or baked good, but without the crap. So I'm thinking you're going to see them shine and take really a, a center stage, you know, in terms of the, the plate. Um, you'll see them in whole forms as snacks and you'll see them air fried, just like I, I touched on in the last trend. You'll see them air fried in their whole form. And you'll also see peas gracing the plates of three Michelin star establishments and your neighborhood restaurants. And you can add them easily, add them to your uh, non-starchy you know, grain dishes, you can add them to a risotto, you can add them to your amaranth or your quinoa pilaf. Um, and the texture of peas is really fun and the color is gorgeous too. So peas, please. Trend number five is puffed up. This is not your 80s variety of cheese doodles with the fluorescent dust that coats your fingers. This is a whole new crop of non-fried options in a quest for healthier snacking, cereals, and finger foods. So by puffing or adding air and extruding snacks, you're seeing this whole crop of foods that have whole grains or, you know, not, you know, they can be grains and they can be gluten-free grains, which is definitely the trend, but they're rich in protein, fiber, 
magnesium, iron, and potassium, and they're relatively low calorie. So when I say they're not your 80s variety, it means that they are leading with nutrition. So I predict that you're going to find a whole new crop of this in not only your snack aisle, but also cereals where we're elevating the nutrition of cereals and cutting back on the sugar. And in a large format, like a cracker, almost like a bread substitute, because avocado toast is still such a hot, hot, hot trend. That was my big, hot, you know, um, tidal wave trend for 2018, and it's not going away anytime soon. I mean, all you've got to do is look on social media and see the bazillion ways people are taking toast to an extra new level. I mean, it's so inspiring. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of like, substitutes for toast and there are a lot of you know people are using sweet potatoes and stuff but listen the truth is you need something that you can pick up with your hands that's not going to crumble that you can eat uh and have a little bit of a crunch so that's where i'm seeing an opportunity if you are a food manufacturer you're thinking about developing a new product think about that think about a puffed alternative to toast that is allergen free that is still full of nutrients that people can top with a variety of different things from avocado to eggs to uh, bananas, you know, with their with their uh, sunflower seed butter, for example. Now, these options really can take a, a variety of different flavor profiles too. You know, a lot of the um, a lot of the trends now are going towards Indian food and Moroccan and Mediterranean inspired spice profiles, Spanish spice profiles, um, Filipino spice profiles are getting really hot right now. So think about how you can vary them to appeal to a, a variety of different audiences that please adult palates as well as their kids. And as a consumer, I invite you to really take an armchair traveler's tour around your grocery store and see what you can do to up the ante. And if they're not doing it for you, look, you can take your own spice blends. And I teach you how to do that in my book, Eat Like You Give a Fork, The Real Dish on Eating to Thrive. In the back of the book, uh, in the last chapter, there are all kinds of different spice blends that I give you to take you from everywhere from the south of France to the the Casbahs of Marrakesh. So have fun with that and vary your spices up. And you can do that without adding calories. How's that for Benny's? Number six is a CBD. It's the ABCs of CBD. And yes, my friends, CBD is mainstream. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast, thank you. If you are new to me, I welcome you to listen to the episode that dives into CBD, what it is, what it isn't, because I still think there's a lot of um, misunderstanding about what CBD is. So listen to that episode. I go into great deep, deep dive detail in that, but you're seeing it's taking over. Independent cafes are already starting to serve up the hemp spiked drinks and menu items. You're seeing it pop up on shelves, but in 2020, be prepared for the full-blown CBD takeover. From grocery stores and convenience stores to restaurants and spas, the CBD business is booming. And in the US, 
They're predicted to be as high as $22 billion in sales by 2022. So yeah, a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon, but it is the absolute wild west right now. And there's a lot of confusion over overdosing, state laws, labeling. I mean, there's still a lot we need to figure out, but the train has already left the station. So if you are looking for benefits from CBD, Again, I really encourage you to listen to that podcast, but there are ways to enjoy it safely from companies that have sound practices on how they're extracting the CBD in a safe and reliable way. But the truth is you're going to see it pop up in everything. So keep your eyes open and stay close to me because this is a subject that I'm keeping a really close Ion as well. So I plan on updating you with the latest and greatest in every single aisle. Everybody's saying this is the most exciting new category in the food and beverage world. And you're seeing it show up in skincare products too. You know, your skin is your largest organ. So I talk about it a lot. And the the health and benefit of CBD in pain management can be pretty tremendous, but we're seeing it in beauty products. I mean, we're seeing it show up in face masks and and creams and cleansers and all kinds of different things. So if you, again, are thinking about starting a product line or incorporating it into an existing product line, let me know. I've got some tips for you. We can have a one-on-one conversation. I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about that because... The truth is you got to educate your audience and make sure that they have a high level of trust and understanding in what you're serving up. Number six is, or excuse me, number seven is the IT antioxidant. And in every report, I talk about the IT antioxidant and the IT veggie. So number seven, the IT antioxidant is black seed. Black seed is sometimes referred to as black cumin, black caraway, Nigella sativa is the Latin term for it, but I call it the Tomb Raider's treasure. And we can thank the Tomb Raiders for this discovery because it was found buried among the treasures of King Tut. It was that important. They considered it one of the life-extending secrets of the pharaohs. And the nickname for the black seed in Arabic is, the translation is the blessed seed. It's habit al-baraka. And baraka means blessing in Arabic. And I grew up with this um, from my Egyptian heritage, but I never realized what it actually brings to the table in terms of health benefits. It really is quite the little miracle. It's chock full of powerful cancer-fighting antioxidants. And the main active ingredient is called thymoquinone. And it's ba- it's also proven to help with around 100 other plus conditions. And that's based on real scientific data. It's not just pie in the sky. So it's pretty potent. And there's data to corroborate the increase in popularity for black seed. The sales of black seed oil increased over 202% from 2016 to 2017, according to a report from the American Botanical Council. Um, You can buy it in oil form, and you can also buy it in whole seed form. And from a culinary perspective, the flavor of black seed is pretty potent. A little bit goes a long way. And I would describe it as a pretty um, robust 
and pungent kind of flavor, maybe similar a little bit to um, to a black licorice, for example, but not quite. You kind of have to taste it and see what I mean. So start small. Start with just like a little sprinkle of whole black seeds in your soup. Maybe a sprinkle a little bit onto your avocado toast. I have a great recipe in my book for uh, uh, something called za'atar, and it is a very typical Mediterranean, Middle Eastern um, seed blend that you can sprinkle onto just about everything. So start there with a little bit, and then maybe take a little, you know, a teaspoon or so, and add it into your dressings, and start there and see what you think, and then you can kind of build on the flavor. I actually love it so much. I take it just as a supplement uh, and I'll take a spoonful and I mean the benefits are just amazing I was having a lot of issues with um, you know joints uh, joint pain and just feeling a little you know I'm not saying anything but like a little age factor and I started taking a spoonful a day and it really really helped with my inflammation I mean I'm like jumping off of buildings now if you didn't already know that <laughs> so um, I think you can incorporate this easily into your own meals. Um, if you are a manufacturer thinking about how can I add this to my menu or you know what I've got going right now, you can easily incorporate it into baked goods in, in the Middle East. They add it as a sprinkle to pastries, for example, and breads. Uh, you can serve it on an appetizer menu with that za'atar and a little bit of olive oil and a nice flatbread. You can sprinkle it into sauces and soups and dressings. It's wonderful in salads. I mean, there's a million and one ways to do it, and I'm happy to give you some more ideas if you send a message my way. Now, um, another trend in the produce world is celery root. And in 2019, I have to bring this up because this was really the tidal wave trend. I mean, we didn't really see it coming in 2018, but it boomed in January and went on from there because of, yes, social media. Y'all, if you are a manufacturer brand, you cannot discount the amazing power of social media, but the medical medium uh, featuring celery juice and getting his like many millions of followers on board and then a blockbuster book created this tidal wave trend where this the price of celery increased like over 500% in some places and sold out shelves, celery juice, you know, selling for up to $13 a bottle. I mean, it was crazy and it's still really popular. But celery root, which is its cousin, is making big headway in 2022. And according to Melissa's Produce, my friends over there at Melissa's Produce, um, Robert Schuler, who heads up their PR, gave me that tip because they're seeing a 20% increase in sales this year. So you know that's gonna keep increasing. And celery root can be used, um, you know, you can roast it, you can um, add it into soups, you can puree it. It's got a lot of different applications, little bit different flavor profile, but it is a cousin to celery and riding on that celery wave, we're gonna see it really stay popular in 2022. So just think about that as you're looking for new vegetables and ways to up your uh, your meals. And, you know, if you're thinking about putting it on a menu, lots of different ways to incorporate celery root, just even simply into a puree. And the last 
uh, veggie that I'm going to talk about is purple yams. This really is my feature, the it veggie for 2020. And I'm calling this trend the color purple. And again, thank Instagrammers for this trend. I mean, it's so pretty. If you've ever seen purple veggies, they just pop like crazy. So they look gorgeous in pictures. So of course, Instagrammers want to show that off. But the health benefits are vast. Purple sweet potatoes are full of anthocyanins, which you don't find in any other type of potato, uh, other than I should say purple potatoes. But that purple opulent color gives it that potent anti-inflammatory uh, antioxidant and anthocyanin um, addition. And it's also anti, it has anti-obesity effects, anti-microbial effects, anti-cancer effects. And that's all according to the National Institute of Health. So you can find sweet potatoes and yams in that gorgeous purple color. Sometimes it's referred to as ube. Ube is very popular in Filipino cuisine. And Filipino cuisine, by the way, is getting really hot. So take a look at that as you're thinking about different ethnic foods to try out. Um, and Okinawan sweet potatoes, um, sometimes it's referred to as, you know, just Japanese sweet potatoes, lots of different varieties that are the color purple from the outside and inside. You want to look for the ones that are purple on the inside too. They're also available in dehydrated uh, powder form, and you can add that to a soft serve ice cream, for example, or yogurt, something that's non-dairy. Again, all those allergen-free customers out there, maybe, I'm just saying, maybe an oat milk-based allergen-free soft serve ice cream would be pretty legit. Um, baked goods, you could do a smoothie bowl instead of using, um, you know, typical ingredients. You could use the purple sweet potato in a smoothie bowl. You can do chips. There's a great company that I've gotten wind of called Purpo, and they make um, a granola. They make chips. They make... Um, uh, a uh, hot cereal made with a purple sweet potato. Hey, even instead of mashed potatoes, why not make them purple mashed potatoes? I mean, they are really pretty. I'm just saying. They're pretty and they have a lot of benefit. So check that out and plus up your meals. You know, you can even do that sweet potato toast that I was talking about that's gotten really popular. And if you're a restaurant and you want to bring in the millennials that have a lot of disposable income and that are always looking for that extra menu item, sweet potato toast and smoothie bowls made with the purple sweet potatoes is everything. So I hope that was inspirational and fun to listen to. And if you would like the full report, do me a favor and just email me at Maria at eatcleaner.com. And I would be happy to share the full report for you. And if you are a company thinking about developing a product or you already have a line and you want to add something to your line, I would love to work with you on developing some fun new ideas for your customers. I mean, these trends have helped to shape the food and beverage industry and influence consumer buying decisions for eight years. So I would love to help you take your product ideas to the next level. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, 
Would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life. <laughs>